I'd like to, to introduce Umalele, our next discussant. Uh, many of you know her and know that she's been working on Indian agriculture for decades. Um, uh, this work that we're doing now on, on agricultural markets, um, uh, Uma's work on agricultural markets years ago showed conclusively, and no one has refuted it since, that the way that these markets uh, uh, work is, is fundamentally efficient in the sense. Sorry, I keep forgetting about fundament. I have a loud voice, so I never seem to worry about the mic. It's fundamentally efficient. So I'm delighted to, to welcome Uma and to ask her to give her remarks. Thank you very much. Uh, usually people can either hear me or see me, so which one of those? <laughs> those two, because I'm too short, so I'm going to put this down a little bit. Um, first, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a real honor. Uh, and Ashok, I'm a great fan of his work, and I read everything he writes, so you will see some of that here. Uh, I'm going to take a little different strand, not focus so much on prices, which you have done a great deal of work on, uh, but to uh, focus on issues which normally, in my view, don't get enough attention, and those are clarity of land rights, uh, which is really inhibiting contract farming in India for a long time. I don't understand why that is happening. Infrastructure, we are so deficient in infrastructure, and I'll show a few slides to that effect. Market access, uh, my work in the 60s and 70s showed that Indian markets can be very competitive. But if the infrastructure is bad in every sense of the term, then obviously farmers have don't, don't have enough access to markets. Uh, I think I lost something. Uh, research and extension intensity, there's a lot of work done by IFPRI which shows the enormous gaps and this is a public sector activity and still the government doesn't seem to believe in research and extension. Then climate change, it's really a very serious problem for India and I'm going to end with investment in women because we talk so much about it and I've been here for the last 50 years working on women's issues but uh, when I go back to India, I'm really surprised to see how far behind India is and uh, even the IMF has started writing about women's liberation. That's, that's progress, but it's not happening enough of in India. So um, I think some of the slides, uh, there is, uh, you know, productivity differences between China and India. The red line is China and green is India. And the reason why I'm mentioning it is that gap is increasing. And if you look at the investment patterns of China uh, to see the... 3.3 to 2.2 difference of rate of growth in TFP, you can see the amount of investment the Chinese are doing in agriculture. And we don't really talk that much about, about investment. So uh, diversification, yes, some poultry, some dairy, et cetera, but not enough. Uh, there are all sorts of figures one can show to show that productivity is uh, highly variable, not doing that well. Yield differences between China and India are phenomenal, and they keep on growing. 
This is your famous uh, figure, which shows that Indians are more pro-consumer oriented rather than producer oriented. But now I'd like to focus on a few things, including um, capital formation in agriculture. And the difference is, I'm now looking at numbers for China. They're investing $100 billion a year on irrigation. I couldn't believe it, so I sent many emails to China and colleagues in the World Bank, and they said, yes, that's what they are doing, 100 billion a year. And India's numbers are a few billion a year on irrigation. And there are lots of problems with irrigation issues. But the, I just want to emphasize that the investment gap in India is phenomenal. Um, so uh, TFP growth, these are all IFPRI numbers, and they just show the gap in investment between India and China in uh, investing in R&D, and we know it's substantial. These are Suresh Babu's numbers on intensity of research and extension in China and India. And again, the gap is phenomenal. And these are all public sector activities. So if we don't like the private sector, at least do the things that public sector should be doing, right, right rather than fighting it. And so, Again, more, uh, more evidence of gap between research and extension in China and India. Um, rural households in the parts of China which are so productive, uh, there is very little infrastructure, and that's been shown repeatedly. This map can be done for power, for transportation, banking system, you name it, and it's the same gap that comes up, and we need to invest a lot more in those areas. So okay, we have more bank accounts for poor people, uh, but they are not getting access to credit because uh, we don't have, um, we don't have uh, land rights, clarity of land rights for poor people to be able to get access to land. And finally, women. And I was reading this recent article by the IMF, and look at the number, the list of things in which Indian women are at a very low level of, uh, on all global indicators, Indian women are behind. And I don't understand why that is the case. And as an Indian woman, I have to say I feel somewhat outraged that we haven't done anything about women. So if you look at the difference between China and India, or any of the East Asian countries and India, Indian women are way far behind. So if we gave them uh, more access to credit, more land rights, more extension, I'm sure they will do a lot to increase the productivity growth by 1.1% between China and India uh, without this huge investment which we are lacking in physical infrastructure. So that's uh, an area which I hope you will emphasize more. Thank you very much. I enjoyed your presentation.